you know. <laughs> that was an inopportune time to yawn, but I had to. <laughs> right as you hit record. I'm good. Um, I feel like we're in, I mean, first of all, as somebody who doesn't go to school anymore, I feel like we are in a period of, you know, everyone's going back to school, but I forget everyone's going back to school. I forgot people were out of school. Mm. Um, but I feel like we're kind of getting to that point where it's like a transition from like a lax summer to a more rigorous fall, you know? I was going to say, dare you say lax summer to a rigorous fall. Yes. No, but it's the truth. And I want to get on that um, head on, I guess. I want to be prepared for that. And I am not. I feel like I'm very just kind of like... Do you ever feel like life is moving? You're also moving, but you're not... Not that you're not moving with it, because that sounds so like... um, That's like so played out. I feel like a lot of people say that. I say it more in terms of like, oh, I wish I was like, this part of my life was organized right now, or I wish I was just like more in it instead of like passively just going through life. And honestly, I think the passive part for me is the just being tired and not feeling like I'm giving 100%. This was supposed to be my check-in. How are you, Justin? (laughs) <laughs> I no, feel like I, I just went right in. I feel that. I feel that. I feel like for me, it's I'm going through the motions. I'll wake up. I'll get on my computer. Not necessarily do work on it, but just get on my computer and just browse the internet or look at grad programs or stare at a blank Word document. That should be my personal statement for graduate application, graduate school applications. But then nothing comes at it. And then all of a sudden it's dinner. And with my broken foot, I would usually... Or without my broken foot, I would typically work out at some point, but then I realize, oh, I have a broken foot, so I can't bike or I can't run or I can't do any of the stuff that I would typically do. And then it's dinner time and then I go to bed and I wake up. It's the same thing. It's like time keeps moving. Yes. And I have goals, which you kind of heard in there. It's like I have, I want to complete the graduate school applications. I want to work out, but I don't do it because I feel like I have a lack of motivation. Yes. Uh, For me, it's like I have these goals and I have all these things that I want to do to feel like I'm living a fulfilled life or a life that's like eventful. Um, But I'm not doing those things. I'm doing everything I need to be doing. Like I'm not falling behind in any way. Like I'm, you know, right now I feel like I'm doing a good job at work. I feel like I have my I'm waiting tables, but I'm not going out and seeing people and meeting new people in terms of relationships like I want to um, do. You know, I'm going to be turning 25 next year. Um, 
And instead, I'm just doing, like, what gets me to the next day. And it's not even the bare minimum, because we're doing a lot, right? We're tired. Um, And then I think, too, okay, well, if I were doing all these exciting things that would, like, fulfill me, quote-unquote, like, are they actually fulfilling? Like, we're doing what we need to do to, you know, not to survive. I don't want to say it like that, because that sounds like it's, like, a make-or-break thing when it's really not. But, like, I got to see you on a whim twice this weekend, actually, like, that was not planned, and that wasn't something that's like, oh, I met new people, or I went to the gym, or I organized my life, and I just, my head feels less clouded, but it's like, those are things that are still necessary to keep us afloat, in a way. In a very light sense, not like afloat as in like, oh, I'm happy now. For me, I feel like it's, if you were a third party looking at both of us, we're doing the things that are expected of us to be productive members of society. But that doesn't necessarily always translate to, I mean, the, the social interactions, like you said, it's like, oh, that brings me a lot of joy. But, you know, we always look at the upward trajectory or we're expected to have like that upward trajectory, which necessarily isn't realistic. I, for me, I'm talking about, say, like the grad school applications or getting a job or, you know, moving on in my life to a stage that's like, oh, from out, from the outside, it looks like, yes, that's. He's successful. He's doing what he needs to do. And you're, you know, doing your job and you're working at the restaurant on the weekends. No, that's good. He's living a honest, meaningful, successful life. But at the same time, when you're living it and it becomes routine or maybe aspects of it doesn't don't bring out joy, it doesn't necessarily feel like, oh, this is you feel stuck or at least I'll talk. I'll say I statements. I, I feel stuck. And sometimes at least this summer when I was trying to figure out the new job and I wasn't a huge fan of what I was doing um, in a previous job and I, I lived, I felt like I lived from trip to trip this summer. From the beginning of the summer at the pil- in the pilgrimage to going down to Baltimore a couple times, it was just living, and then even trips to Rhode Island um, where I have some extended family, like it was, getting to to each trip but how i want to live my life and maybe this is similar to how like your philosophy is like i want to be able to enjoy every day and like i don't know find joy in every day but sometimes it feels so monotonous that it's a little bit more difficult to do that in between those things that i'm looking forward to right because i feel like if i were to talk to a therapist about this and again i I'm interested in psychology, but by no means am I a therapist. I'm just assuming from experiences that if I were to talk to a therapist about what we call burnout nowadays, they would be like, well, what are you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to every day? Like find someone that something that you're looking forward to every day brings you energy, brings you zest. But I feel like it's not when I am looking forward to those things in weekends, I feel like it becomes a countdown and I don't want it to become a countdown because then it's like, okay, five more days until I, until this thing I'm looking forward to four more days, three more days. And you just are trudging through those days. Like you're just trying to get to the thing you're looking forward to, but you're not able to enjoy the present moment. 
Does that mean does that make any sense whatsoever? Yes, so ma- I have so many different thoughts on that because you're what you said about being in the present moment. I feel like in a way I am in the present moment by putting off, not even putting off, but not paying as much attention to the goals I have, even in terms of like the goals that aren't going to get me anywhere necessarily, but are just things that I do for fun. Like I have been pushing off getting back to a fan I met at the concert about writing a review of the show and my thoughts on the show. And it's something that I really am interested in doing. It's a passion project, but it has nothing, you know what I mean? It's not going to, like, advance my career or, you know, but it's something I want to do, but I don't do it. I'm kind of more living in the moment, which maybe that's a good thing. I feel like my life right now is my, like, be real collage, you know what I mean? Like, the (laughs) social media. Um, And I'm serious, because it's like, it gets you at the most monotonous points. Right down to, like, even what I'm wearing. Do you ever have, like, do you ever notice you have, like, a million outfits and you wear the same sweatpants or the same, same like, three t-shirts? Because I have a bunch of outfits that I bought recently, too, and it's like, well, I don't wear them because I'm either wearing my work clothes or on the weekends I'm wearing dark jeans and a dark t-shirt for work or I'm wearing sweatpants. Appreciate this. So last, or no, in the spring, I felt like, okay, my wardrobe needed a refresh, which... I'll acknowledge it's kind of like a privileged thing to think, but it's yeah. just like yes. that. I don't know. I thought that. And so being the person that I am, I made a spreadsheet inventory of all of the clothes that I had. And mm-hmm. for about a month, and then I got lazy and I stopped doing it, I would put a number and I would add every time I wore it so that eventually my hope was I could look at the spreadsheet and be like, these are the articles of clothing that I wear. And these are the things that I don't. So I will donate those items and I will find new items to get. And that, But I didn't. But yes, I, I, I feel that. I just, you have a closet All of these ambitions. full of things. Yeah, and then you just wear the same. That's what I'm saying. Um, and I, you're right. I did appreciate that story almost as much as the listeners who heard it on episode 36. No, I'm kidding. It wasn't episode 36, but you have told that story I before. I and I, yeah, yeah no. And I, I thought it, no, I thought it was a great idea and I would love to do that. But again, I'm like, even like, oh, I want to clean my room today. It's like, oh, well, I want to like go out. To, I'm going out to everybody get this. I'm going out to the cheesecake factory tonight, my favorite restaurant, um, for my sister's birthday. I know it is my sister's birthday, not mine. Happy birthday, Jordan. Um, but Happy I guess that, Jordan. I, I didn't pick the restaurant, so I'm assuming she did. So we love that for me. That's great. Um, <laughs> Your siblings yeah. in that way. You both yes. appreciate a factory of cheesecakes. What What were some other thoughts? You said you had a bunch of thoughts. You said yeah, you and mentioned the present moment. Yeah, I just grabbed the one that I was thinking of um, at the top of my head when I said that. Honestly, they all kind of dispersed as you said that but I was I was agreeing with you um I think I got the the gist of what I wanted to say out in terms of like the highlight reel you know that I want versus the the be real that I have um and I'm referring to the social media uh platform be real that we've discussed a lot in the recent episodes and also just yeah um I Again, all of these thoughts came and, and went as yeah. you were, as you were talking. <laughs> and I think uh, that's a that's a symptom of burnout. Is maybe. like it is lack of uh, or a not lack of but a memory remembering issues of inability to focus. Yeah, I feel like are all things that are. And have you heard of the? I don't know if we've talked about this on the show. Maybe I've talked about it with you or some other people. But have you heard of the concept of uh, quiet quitting, which is becoming more and more 
into the vernacular. That's so funny. I was just talking to Tom about quiet quitting, uh, just the concept of it. Tom was on episode 49, everybody um, that is listening, um, with his girlfriend Megan, who is also our friend. But yes, could you talk about that a little bit? Because I, I'm not sure I fully understand it. Sure. So the concept of quiet quitting, and and I... I am not read up on the research into it, but I can I can certainly define what it is. And I think it's a symptom of a a societal burnout. Quiet quitting is a sense uh, is essentially you're not quitting from your job, but you're refusing to go above and beyond in a position um, that pays you X amount without overtime. And I think before the pandemic, uh, this was the case where people would do things that weren't necessarily listed in that job description, right? Like you and mm-hmm. I just did a three episode series about applying for jobs. And you know how sometimes in job descriptions, it says like, and other tasks as assigned by your supervisor, <laughs> that vague right. last one that's like, okay, I guess I can do anything. Um, the concept of quiet quitting is that employees are refusing to work overtime or go above and beyond. Yes, they will do their job, uh, all the tasks that their job description lays out um, efficiently. They will do it successfully. Uh, they will do it well, but they're refusing, kind of putting a boundary up and refusing to do more than that without further compensation. And I well, feel like that's... I feel like the term. You go. No, I just feel like that's related to what we've been saying. Well, it's interesting because I feel like the term is kind of unfair to the description. That's how um, Tom, I think, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but explained it last night too. And it's like, well, if you're doing everything that you're supposed to, granted, there's always going above and beyond, but you should be compensated for it if it is your job. I'm talking specifically in your job, like obviously, you know, in terms of raising a family, being a good partner, being a good friend, like that's very different we're not quiet, playing quiet quitting in relationships well we're not what i'm saying is like, it yeah, shouldn't yeah. be like well i'm putting in more effort so i need to see something better like that's not it at all but i feel yeah. like in terms of a job that sounds like supervisors and companies finally getting it that it's like oh you can't overwork your employees and expect them to well that's know, just it right it's it's settle it's trickling up right it's employees saying listen i'm not going to do more than what my job requires of me even though the expectation of higher up managers, supervisors, bosses might be, you should be doing more because it's your privilege to work here. It's employees kind of making a stand being like, no, I'm being paid at this rate for this work. I I refuse to do more because I want, we talk about work-life balance on this show all the time. I want Mm -hmm. that work-life balance of, and again, we're talking specifically of job, of, occupations jobs what you do for money to earn money um right and you know it's just having that boundary of listen i want to i'll come in do the hours i'm supposed to do the task that i need to do but once i'm done for the day i'm not going to you know log back onto my email or clock back in for a few hours after when i get home because i want a life outside of it right i feel like there was this um not necessarily a switch, but during the pandemic, like a realization that people had, it's like, and that even might be an overstatement, but we, we work, I've said this a million times before, but we work to live, not the other way around. Like we don't owe companies, right? 
Like, they're right. paying us to do the job that we're supposed to do, and we do it, and then we go home, and we do that so we can have our free time and do what we want with it. I feel like during the pandemic, that shift in thinking um, was amplified a little bit in terms of, like, I can work from home. Like, we realized we were able to work from home, and it's like, yeah, I'm not indebted to you as the company. Like, you pay me. It's supposed to be, like, the fair you pay me for what I'm supposed to do, I do it, and then I go home. And not necessarily, like, oh, like, we're seeing for the first time the companies being like, oh, people don't want to work. There's a work shortage. People don't want to work anymore. They got a taste of being lazy at home or whatever. It's like, well, they got a taste of, you know, I don't know, not being in that rat race a little bit. And I feel like that's, where people are, you know, kind of coming together and saying, no, like, this is what I deserve to be paid. This is what I, these are the benefits I deserve as an employee. And I feel like it's less accepted for jobs to just be like, no, you can't have those things. You have to do this. And it's a privilege for you to work for us. If we're not valued in this world by how productive we are, and mm -hmm. this kind of touches on a lot of things we've talked about in previous episodes so i feel like work-life balance if you were to look at like what are the themes of point of do the show i feel like mm -hmm. work-life balance might be that obviously transitioning out of college and figuring out your identity and what you're going to do what that's like might also be another theme but we've talked about um like work-life balance we've talked about like if we weren't valued on our productivity and instead we're valued on um I guess it's, it's uh, the quality of what we do and what we bring to the spaces that we occupy versus the quantity of, of meaningful things that we just constantly spread out into the world. It might have a shift in how we feel about what we do um, in our lives. I don't know if that makes any sense or if I articulated that at all uh, well. I guess I... what I'm just trying to say is you, you talked about the rat race. And when I think of mm -hmm. the rat race and the rat race in the workforce, it's say, let's talk about a nine to five. You get up, you go to work, you, um, in a typical job, maybe say like, depending on what you do, but like you're in front of a computer, you might talk to some colleagues, have a few meetings, uh, then it's five o'clock and then you come home to your family, you have dinner, have some time to yourself, you go to bed, you wake up, you do it again. Right. That type of life. You find meaning in that type of life if you value um, the quality of the work that you're doing versus how productive you are in that job, how many emails you sent, how many meetings you were able to do, how many tasks you were able to complete. That makes sense. Yes, that makes sense. And I can get on board with that. It's interesting that you say that because I recently just at work, I used to keep a log of everything I did, even if it was a minuscule thing. Like I sent this email, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it was just a log of everything I did. And it was to make me feel like I was doing a good job at work to be able to see, say at the end of the day, look at all these things I did. Um, and to be honest, I think part of that comes from a previous position I had where we were not encouraged, but forced basically to send our progress, everything we did um, during that day. And I feel like there are some people listening who have heard me talk about that position. 
Um, but I, for the first time at the bank since since being employed or hired a year ago, I threw out that list because it wasn't something that was required of me. I was never asked to do it. It was only for me at this point. And if the list wasn't long enough, it's like, well, I, what did I really do today? Um, and instead of doing that, I don't keep a record anymore. I have a, I use Microsoft Teams' task list. Um, and if it's something I need to do in the future, just so I don't forget, even if it's something that I need to do in an hour, I'll put it on the task list. If it's not on the task list and I need to do it and I do it without it being there, I'll still sometimes put it on the task list and check it off just if I need a record to say like, oh, I did this, just letting you know to my supervisor, um, like when I'm going over my progress for the week. But if it's not something that is necessarily necessary to note, I don't note it anymore. Um, and I have realized, so when I if you had asked me to do this a year ago, I would have been like, well, how do I know if I'm like doing a good job? Like I would feel like I don't do enough because a lot of things take a long time or I might, I don't know. I just need to see that I'm doing something in order to feel like I'm doing a good job. But this has actually been very, um, it, it feels more fulfilling because I just put, you know, a strong effort into whatever I'm doing and then I check it off. And if I only do three things that day, I only did three things that day, but I don't need necessarily that I sent this amount of emails and I sent this and I, and I went up and got the mail recorded to feel like I'm doing a good job. So I don't know if that resonates with what you're saying a little bit, the quality over the quantity. Um, but to what I was saying earlier, to my point about the, the pandemic, I just want to sum up um, what I meant by saying people got a taste of not being in that work, 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 nine to five. I need to do this in order to be valued. And they liked it. And I think there is a shift now in how we think of work and the conversation of, well, am I really indebted to my job um, coming up more and more? If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. No, I think it does make a lot of sense. I, I'm I'm curious if we want to shift the conversation. We're talking a lot about work, which we just did a three-episode thing about work. But I'm curious yes. if we zoom out a little bit, knowing that a lot of our audience um, is are either recent graduates, are in college, maybe even in high school. Um, what this looks like as a student, and some things that come to mind for that is I felt like when I was in high school, when I was in college, it was like. This, the quiet quitting burnout is equivalent to, okay, I need to participate in this, 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 and this so that I can get it on my resume and then it will look good for college applications or this, this, right. this, this, and this on my resume so that when I graduate college and my job see what I, I wasn't just in the, cl- in the class doing the homework and, you know, go to class, doing the homework, submitting it for a grade. And that's all I was doing in college. It was like, I was well-rounded, did all this stuff. Now, personally... And I might have said this prior to right now. I am what some people would call, actually, I might have written this in my letter, like a yes person. If someone asks me Mm -hmm. like, oh, can you help lead this? Or can you be a part of this group? Or can you do this or whatever? I will say yes. And something that I have been working on is providing people who come to me asking if I can do this or that or whatever and providing a healthy no for, for boundaries and very difficult. 
it's very, very, very difficult. And, and we talked about, and we joke all the time, because I said it a billion times in that episode, going from a lax summer to a rigorous fall. But the reasoning <laughs> behind me saying that was I was used to literally coming from a summer where I might have an internship, but otherwise there was lots of time to hang out with friends, spend time with family, uh, even have some time to myself. And then we'd go into the school year and not only classes would start, but then all of my involvement, say in campus ministry and different clubs, different leadership positions and trying to find the balance and trying to manage it all without getting burnt up. And so I guess the question I throw to you and maybe even the question I threw to you in the episode titled Lack Summer Rigorous Fall is if you're a student and you're pretty involved on your campus or at your school and you have to manage um, classwork, but also in, you know extracurricular clubs and being involved in that whether that just be passive participant or being like on an executive board but then also managing a job in order to or you sign up you sign up at the uh events fair and then never go to the thing yeah yeah like if you have <laughs> all these thing. things we've been talked about talking about like quality versus quantity how do you um how do you manage these things without burning out and kind of just like losing yourself and losing you know as we talked about a little bit earlier zest for life finding the joy for life because because oftentimes we can trick ourselves that by participating in all of these things in our lives checking okay this is the social box this is the productive box this is the box for school this is the box for working out fitness by feeling like we have to check all those boxes we like okay we live a quote unquote, full life will be happy. But sometimes that isn't the case. Yeah. So how do we, as students, how did you as a student um, in the past, or what would you say to students who are kind of entering this semester being like, okay, these are all my things that I want to do, want to be a part of, but I feel myself already burning out and it's the beginning of the semester. I, I don't know if, what the question is, but like, I guess, how do you avoid burning out in a school context versus a work context, which we just talked about? Well, when I was in school, I didn't really think about not burning out. I was very much a part of the, um, I need to, you know, do all of these things to get good grades. I was very, very hard on myself when it came to grades in the way that if it wasn't an A or an A minus, it wasn't good. Would you equate that to the rat race you were talking about earlier? Probably to some extent. I will say something that I didn't do through high school um, or college was subscribe to the idea. Well, I guess I did subscribe to this idea, but I didn't um, follow it, I guess, was the, you need to be in a bunch of different clubs in order to be a fully rounded student. Like if you're just going to classes and not doing any clubs, um, then you're not doing a good job. And granted in high school, especially if you're not in extracurriculars, that's a tough hit to your resume when you're applying for colleges. Um, so it's almost like an unfair setup, but if it's something that's not fulfilling to you, don't, my advice would be don't join it just to say, just to put it on your well, As I guess for high builder. school it's different. Yeah, I guess for high school it's different though, because there's a in a way you kind of have to buy into that if you're trying to you know go to a competitive school. I don't know what your goal is, but in college you don't have to join things if you're doing it 
just to say, oh, I joined clubs. Look at me. I'm a well-rounded student. I know the school wants you to do that, but like something that really, I, I don't think I was a part of many clubs, if any, but two things at, co- at college, but two things that really, really fulfilled me were being a part of the community at campus ministry. And I would say that honestly, that was my, one of my extracurriculars uh, and something that I re- regretted not doing doing in high school and that's why I did it in college and I'm so grateful I did because I met the circle that I did and I I met my people and I've talked about that before um but like when people like oh what do you do on campus it's like I'm a part of campus ministry I work there but I didn't do it like yes I applied for the money let's be honest but I they became my family that was my home away from my dorm and I spent a lot of time there and I met so many people and I loved going to for example the um, weekly examine, which is a type of reflective Jesuit meditation almost. Um, I, but I also, I went to, this was so not me, um, but I did it anyways and it became me. I I loved it so much was intramural volleyball, um, with all of you. We, we formed a campus ministry team and it was just so fun. I looked forward to it so much and I'm not a sporty person, but I will say I got better at it throughout, throughout the time playing and it was just really fun. But that number, I only did two things aside from, you know, hanging out with friends, which I think, you know, that's a huge, like if you're, if you're signing up for so many extracurriculars and it's keeping you away from hanging out with your friends, then what are you doing? Unless you're doing them with friends, granted campus ministry and intramural volleyball was, um, both with a group of friends that I had, but I don't know. I just think like if I was like, oh, yeah, I'm only doing two things. It's like, oh, you're only doing two things. You're not like in robotics and this and that and the science club and the and it's like, well, if that fulfills you, then by all means do it. And that's what's going to make your heart full. But I felt like my heart was full on campus. And I felt like even in high school, I didn't do like I went I I took karate um, outside of school. But none of the things there weren't a lot of things at BC High, like for extracurriculars that really interested me. Granted, I did Model UN, but everyone signed up for Model UN and then never went. (laughs) Uh, But I did go on one of the trips and that was fun with my friend Peter. But, and we had a great time, but I don't know if it's not fulfilling you, you shouldn't have to do it. And that sounds like such a cop out, but I feel like we oftentimes talk about controversial opinions on here um, that a lot of thing, a lot of people might be feeling, but aren't necessarily saying. Um, I wouldn't say that that's a, maybe it is, but I wouldn't personally say it's a controversial take because it's not, it's common, but it's hard to admit. So I, I think you raised two things. The first thing is if we talk about, okay, there's a linear path in life where we participate in activities in high school so that when we apply to colleges, colleges will look at our resume and say, okay, look at the well-rounded person that they are. They did service, they participated in sports, they uh, did a book club, They all, and on top of that, they did their classes. Then you get to college and you say, okay, I'm majoring in this, I participate in this and this and this, and then jobs will look at that and say, look at the well-rounded person they are. We want to hire that person. Okay, all of that is great, in my opinion, in the sense that if you can talk about it and talk about why you did those things in not a surface level way in a level that's like i did that because i thoroughly enjoy reading mystery fiction novels and i decided i wanted to be a part of a book club that was around that or i've always been an athletic kid growing up 
and I've wanted to, I've played basketball my whole life, so I wanted to play basketball on my varsity high school team, and then I played in intramural in in, in college. And that tracks. The second thing, or to end that point, actually, if you can talk about it with passion because it's truly something you want to do and it's not some external force being like, you should do this because that's what looks right. And there's a lot of that external forces in our in our lives. Mm-hmm. That's when I think, great, you've participated in everything that you wanted to do because of that, because you're passionate about it. And that's what looks great. And if you're looking at it linearly, colleges will love to see that you participated in that in high school because you wanted to. Employers will look at that in college and be like, "You, that looks great that you did that um, because you you wanted to, right? Yes. The second thing I want to bring up is actually something that um, Ryan, um, someone we've had on as a guest host and a guest on the podcast, and we would have conversations about this. Yes. um, Episode 31 is a guest host. (laughs) We've talked about this in our late night conversations sometimes. Um, and I think it, he's actually quoting um, Simon Sinek when he says, what is your why? Right. Mm. Whenever you do something in this life, you could do it just like you could get caught up in the whirlwind of things and just do this, do this, do this, do this. But if you take time to reflect, and this is proof that I was Jesuit educated because <laughs> this is a very nation thing to encourage reflection. Um if you reflect on everything that you've done in your life or everything that you're doing in your life and everything that you do in your life and it circles around your why, why you ask yourself, why am I doing this? And you're able to answer that question with substance, then you're doing the right thing. Does that make any sense? And do you see how I kind of connected those things? Yes. Yeah, no, I do. I think a common thread here has been quantity or quality over quantity and that quality being passion. And I, f- I f- love when our conversations um, strike, like hit that nerve of like, okay, this is where I wanted to go. This is where I wanted to, what I wanted to discuss today. Um, and I feel like we're really on it. Like we're really <laughs> scraping that nerve, you know what I mean? And it's, it's great because I... Yes, I agree with you. And that's what I was trying to get at. With it, You don't need to be in 100 clubs if you're not interested in those clubs. If you're doing what's, what makes you happy and what you're passionate about, then I think that's where the true, not to be corny, but that's where the true magic is. And I was also thinking about the whole, how we're, how we're both Jesuit-educated, Jesuit when I was thinking, like, go set the world on fire and find that spark. Fall in love, stay in love, and that'll make all the difference that's you know it's a rupe isn't it pedro rupe yeah. yes fall in love stay in love yes a jesuit yeah of the society yes. of jesus yes <laughs> yes and he's not talking about romantic well he, I, he might be talking about that too but it's like find what makes you what ignites yeah. you that was one of the things i talked about when we had to i think it was one of the trainings we had to draw a symbol for ourselves um for campus ministry training and i drew a little like fire and it's like i go towards what i'm passionate about and i i think we all do to an extent and we also you know shy away from it sometimes for other reasons uh and i do i think that's just human we all do that a little bit too um but yeah 
No, I really like where this was going. I do, I would like to transition a little bit into talking about what that means on point of do. Yeah, no, I, I was, it's funny because I was literally going to take this opportunity to transition because you and I have been having conversations about what have we, what's one of the things that we've been doing since July of 2021 is this podcast. And we've talked about prior, yes. why did we want to start this? And you know, it's it's another it is another thing, quote unquote, on our to do list that we have in our lives. But like, what is our why for um, doing this? Do we still want to do it? And um, the answer is yes. For anyone who is nervous about I that, I was going to say we both <laughs> we both decided that this is, this our, is last our last episode. episode. No, the answer is yes. Um, but we've been even you and I have been discussing and with Dan too discussing. Where do we want this to go now? How do we want this to kind of morph into uh, our our current narrative that is our lives? Uh, what yes. do we want? Do we want to make changes? Right. Well, we started this when we were both, you know, we were working, but we weren't like full time position um, employees, and also a lot can change in a year. So. At the, we've discussed, this is what I wanted to share, we've discussed how at the beginning of this, my why, at least, was for fun. I've always found, you know, hosting a show to be very interesting, and that was one of the things that I thought, like, oh, maybe I could do, like, I love the idea of, like, Jimmy Fallon and James Corden and Ellen, and I just thought that that would be a really, really fun job. Um, so that was when you came to me and asked why do you want to do this. I was like, yes, let's do that. And I also, like I just mentioned, love when we scrape that like authentic nerve of what we what we feel. It it's just there's a really awesome feeling there. And to so like cut you that off, was my and wife. to cut you off quickly, like I think that's this episode. We often sometimes come in episodes. We have a topic. We want to stay on the topic, although we do a terrible job sometimes at that staying on the topic. This episode, you and I talked. And we were just like, I mean, we could talk about burnout. We could talk about, like, what? I don't know. Let's just like, let's just press record and see what happens. And yes. this is what happened. This was unscripted. Here's how we're feeling. Our own point of dues. <laughs> yeah. And it's a very thematic episode, despite not planning it to be one. Like, I feel like we have some very core central themes and values in here but what i wanted to say was when we started it the show that's how we were feeling we were very energized we were talking we would plan episodes more than one week in advance sometimes um you and i would sit separately and take notes about what we wanted to talk about sometimes we did the oh i'm not going to tell you the episode type or theme until we get on air because we want it to be a surprise for one of us and planned by the other person um we did a lot of promo on our own social medias on our uh just in terms of graphics i would work on graphics weeks ahead of time um and we're still passionate about this show but i'll use i statements and then you can say what you, how you're feeling about it i feel that we have it's become not a chore because we I very much enjoyed, enjoyed doing the show, and I'm excited to say that we are looking toward um, looking to how we can revamp it in the future um, and keep it exciting and entertain all of you. Um, but 
I feel like it's become kind of, we've fallen into the role of it's like, oh, we have to record Saturday. What do you want to talk about? Um, oh, I'll get the poster to you by the end of the day today. Oh, sorry, it was late. Like, we'll get we'll get to it. We don't do as many um, uh, previews of the episodes anymore. Like, just kind of we've fallen into a pattern. Um, and I think a lot of that, as I mentioned before, has to do with, well, our lives are different now. We're a lot busier than we were before. Um, but also, we've just been doing this for a long time. Um, what's And there's a lot more work in that goes into it than I think some listeners hear because they just hear the once a week and then it's, and then it's over. Um, I think, I think the inevitable ended up happening, which is for me, the busyness of everyday life meshed with our podcast and how that was going to fit into our individual busyness of our, our lives. And I think, I don't I I want to continue doing this and it's just how do we we've said it before all three of us want this show to grow and so we need to have that very intentional um, conversation about how does that happen what works well what doesn't work well and I think I said this to you over the phone the other day about the first year of any project of anything really is kind of an outlier because it's new, it's exciting, you're finding yourself, you're finding your voice, especially in this in this show, we're finding ourselves, finding our voice. We upgraded our, our technology, we've tried new things stylistically, and it's the second year where we really have to say, okay, do we want to do this still? If we, yes, we want to do this, what works well for us as producers of the show, but also what works well for our audience and how can we kind of engage both sides of the things um, to make it successful in that way? And I think that those are the conversations we're having. And I'm really excited about some of the ideas that we've come up with. And yeah, um, yeah, we had a really energizing conversation, you and I, earlier um, in the week, or it might have even been last week, about how about some new ideas for the show. And again, if you're a passionate listener and you and there's something you want to see, uh, please let us know. We're always open to suggestions. I just wanted, there was something that you said um, a minute ago that made me think of this. I feel like we have to be passionate about it, passionate about it in order for our, our listeners to feel that passion, right? And, and, and be passionate about it themselves and be excited about it. It does seem like another break is on the horizon. Um, We'll at least be with you through the end of September. But we are, we will be coming back again, as promised. We promised that before, and we came back, and we will be doing that again. Yes, and to be clear, we haven't discussed when this might be, um, but I think it's important to have breaks. So again, we're gonna, yes, gonna be, agree. we're gonna be transparent with you. Will you be transparent with us? We'll see what happens. But yeah, um, we talked about burnout. We talked about work-life balance once again. We talked about um, oh finding gosh. joy in our lives. Yes. Can I can I say something real quick? Because I just something just clicked in my head. The um, fall in love message that we talked about and the ignite message that we had discussed. And we talk about passion and, you know, that burning fire inside you. Burnout is like kind of the opposite where it's like you're tired, you know, and it might be because you're doing stuff you love all the time. Right. Like we that's the other thing. Like the flame has burned for so long that it's like, OK, I need a break. Um, Justin, you did bring up fall in love on our screen do you want to read yeah, it yeah so i it's felt like this often... was a good uh 
way to end this episode of kind of talked about burnout and talked about finding passion in our lives and everything so both in work and as a student and all that stuff so and you had mentioned uh the fall in love prayer poem which i learned from this website it's often attributed to father pedro rupe society of jesus but apparently is by joseph whalen society of jesus um yeah and i was the one that taught him yeah exactly so it was really by nick gervasi society of point of view yeah and society of society of do sd um Mm -hmm. so yeah i was thinking we could end this episode with this reading this poem reading this prayer and uh we can go from there so anyway i i love it before you do that can i just um share a message that is on my mind and heart i guess um even though it's not directly related. I just wanted to say, so Justin and I have been talking about First, which um, he told me, I think, on the show last episode that he was uh, leading, which is a pre-fall program for Loyola's Campus Ministry. Um, and he was just telling me, I'm, I guess I'm talking... Loyola's Campus Ministry. Yeah. Yes. So I guess I'm just speaking directly to the First participants um, that he's, I mean, he's been telling me about, you know, how awesome you guys are. And... I just wanted to say I'm so excited for all of you. Um, I just, I was, I got a notification on my phone from Snapchat today that my first ended six years ago today, me being a participant. Um, And just the friends that I met and, I mean, you guys have no idea what's in store for you in the best way. Like, there's going to be so many things that happen in these next four years and I'm just so excited for you. All the growth and all of the, you know, exciting things you'll get to experience and all of the friends you're going to make. Like I really, really don't take it, take that time in my life for granted. And I'm really excited for all of you and you guys all seem awesome. Um, and I hope you enjoyed your experience with first. And I, you know, I hope it just, you got out of it, what you were looking to or what you were called to get out of it, I guess. Great. Same. Ditto. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, that was great, Nick. And I agree. This That group was fantastic, and it gives me a lot of hope for the future. So, anyway. Fall in Love, I think a good summary of what we talked about, uh, often attributed to Father Pedro Arupe, but by Joseph Whalen. And we can link this in the description as well. All right. Nothing is more practical than finding God than falling in love in a quite absolute final way. What you are in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you do with your evenings, how you spend your weekends, what you read, whom you know, what breaks your heart, and what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. I love you, Justin. I love you, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's from, I was quoting Shrek, to be honest, when the Shrek 4, when he's like, I love you, Nick, when he gets Shrek to roar. Anyways, um, your name is Justin Dew. And your name is Nick Trefazi. You can reach us at our email, pointofdewpodcast at gmail.com, or by sending us a voice message on our website, anchor.fm forward slash pointofdew. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at pointofdewpodcast and Twitter at pointofdew. 
If you enjoy our show, give us a rating or review in the Apple Podcast Store or share us with a friend or family member. We'd really appreciate it and are truly grateful for your support. As always, we hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening, and until next time, H. Paper, we wrote down our story.